first of all, thank you for all the help that you've given us, all the people in the Zendo and people off in the distance. Thank you very much, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. And please continue to help us if you can. You can go to our website, and there's a way to, to do that. And if you want to do it some other way, then contact um, Uno or Chezan or someone else here in the monastery. The title of this evening's Dharma talk is Empty of Other. We quite often hear about empty of self, empty, there's no one here. But empty of other, we don't often hear it put that way. The other way of addressing this is just non-duality, advaita. There's no, no, nothing observed, and there's no one observing. There's just observing. There's just consciousness only. There's another way of saying something that is very difficult to think about, or reflect on, or conclude about, if you are wrapped up in uh, logic or reason. Those work up to a point, and they work quite well uh, to, as soon as you get to the, the brink of darkness. You could call it un unknowing, or you could call it going beyond this and that, beyond knowing and not knowing, actually transcending the polarities all over the place. A great one that stumps us all the time is pain and pleasure. We think those are two different things. Not so. But don't believe me. Don't believe my statement about it. I'm just saying that to perhaps get you to look at it a little bit. Why would he say that? What is it that makes those two things not separate? So bluntly stated, uh, consciousness, the illusion of consciousness showing up as this individual and that individual, the polarity situation, is just that. It's an illusion. But if we believe it, then it's a delusion. Then we are we're tripped up by it. We, we believe that I'm here and everything else is over there. So let's go with that one. Everything else is over there. Everything over there is an is a delusion if you think it's there. And it's an illusion if you see that everything you thought about what is over there uh, is untrue. So it's empty of your reflection, your conclusions about it. We're not saying that you can't see a relative situation, a man just walked by in a red shirt. How's that empty of other? Or any other kind of relative mundane proof that you come, could come up with. He came in and uh, insulted me about something that I said yesterday, and how is that empty of other? That's the illusion, that's the delusion part, if you're taken in by it, if you're swamped by it, if you want to go to war, if you want to retaliate and participate in that polarity that is the basis of wars. It's not the fundamental basis, but it's one of them, but it is one of them, one of them. I'll keep talking, but anytime you can raise your hand with a question, don't hesitate. Very classical teaching, MP of other. 
empty of self, empty of a self. The illusion of a self is incredibly believable. We, the emotions arise in the mind stream, in this body-mind complex, and we think that is someone, some person that is thinking, some person, me, Jim, George, Mary, Ruth, that is thinking, having ideas and concepts and believing this and succeeding in this, but not doing so well over here. And we'll constantly tell ourselves stories about this to generate some kind of sense of self. We do the same thing with other. We To cover up the emptiness of other, we fill it up with all kinds of lucky charms, this and that, and up and down, success and failure, right and wrong, judgment, praise and blame, praise and blame. Creates, it creates an incredible illusion of something that needs to be done about that or something we need to get in and fight with this. We need to join that. We need to protest against this. And it's not that you shouldn't do that. But if you are operating in that area of pushing and pulling up and down, back and forth, voting for this, voting for that, however it may be, and you're doing it out of a mind that is believing in the relativity of self and other, then it is unlikely that you will be fundamentally helpful. You might be relatively helpful. Helpful. You might help this particular situation. You might help that person because that's the way they're coming to you and you're helping them. But you're pro if you look at it closely, you're probably doing it from a position of superiority, sometimes quite hidden. You think you're helping somebody, but that's like thinking you're better than a, a dog or a horse or anything, any animal. Not better than them. You're different, but you're not better. All kinds of room for questions there. I see two hands up. I have a second. Go ahead, Chazan. I'll get back to you young people later. Sometimes when we're sitting, there might be a little bit of a sense of empty of self, but the other quality seems less apparent. And I'm wondering in what way the, the empty of other shows up or is, or is seen bowing. Well, if the emptiness of oneself or egolessness has not, has not come up in your mind stream pretty strong, then seeing empty of other will be uh, more difficult. It just take, it's just a matter of time. The first and the initial practice is to see that there's no one here. Because if you, if you go halfway into seeing there's no one here, uh, you'll still think there's somebody out there who is worse than you, or somebody out there who is better than you, or somebody out there who is wh whatever. Any, any, any thought that comes into the mind stream just seems very believable, even though you've begun to see through the self. It's a tradition, it's called Sosotarpa, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, all of you know it all. Empty, empty of self, but not completely empty of others, still hooked on the otherness out there. It has to be complete. Just emptiness of self won't go the whole way. You, 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 the possibility of you coming out and just feeling superior because you, you think you're enlightened. You see that everyone else is still confused. Whereas if you see, see through this and you see the emptiness of other, you don't set yourself ahead of anybody. 
You don't claim any credentials at all. This, this is not a credential I'm claiming. This, whatever this brown thing is here. But if I wore, if I sat on a garbage can lid out, lid out in the Myers parking lot or Sears parking lot, instead of in a, a, a monastery or a zendo and wore a, a sombrero or a beret or didn't wear any hat, but just dressed in ordinary clothes, you may listen to me and you may not. And also, very difficult to encourage anyone to train their mind in that area. Although there's a few people that work that way, especially the, the current non-dual uh, teachers that teach non-duality tend to try to do it without any tradition, particularly. They have some, but not much, because they think they can teach without the accoutrement. These are very important. This altar, this image of the Buddha, you can ask questions about that if you like. They are not to be worshipped or believed in. They are aspects of relative otherness that support a practice so that you can fundamentally see your true nature. You need to see your true nature. I can't show you. No one can do this for you. You need to see it. I'm picking up some energy here. No, not yet. I'm going to go to Mioka first. He had his hand up a while ago. Second thought, I'll go to you. What is it? A question from James. James who? I don't know. No James on here. Go for it. He says, I just lost my dad yesterday. I was wondering if you have any teachings to help me during this rough time. Thank you so much. It's not going to feel like it, but your dad hasn't gone anywhere. Don't believe me. Can consider it a little bit. He's just like he's in the other room. This doesn't mean it isn't heartbreaking for you. And you should go with the heartbreak. Don't stop anything. Nothing goes away that is real. Only the things that are unreal vanish. People's bodies tend to go away. Mine's been working on going away for 81 years. No success yet, but it won't be long. As has been said way before I got here, what is fundamentally important and real is not threatened. And so that's hard to see when the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the right and wrong mind, the up and, up and down, back and forth, and the otherness that's in the world, all of the rules and laws and legal systems and political stuff, it looks like we need to do something about that. And we get, we get convinced that we are somebody who's succeeding. We are somebody who's failing. And relatively, of course, we are. And if you chat with somebody else, they'll confirm that. Unless they're a, unless they're a practitioner, then there's a, there'll be much more hesitation over confirming anything for you. If they're a, a, one of your Dharma brothers or sisters, just to say it in the family way. No, not that. Yoka. Yoka bowing. You mentioned lucky charms. What did you mean by lucky charms? Cereal. We're in the cereal city. Kellogg's is just down the street. Post cereals. Lucky charms. It's just, I was just 
saying uh, was earlier today, wasn't it? Did I say it in this talk? I haven't said that yet. In this talk. In this talk? Once. Today? In this talk? I wasn't here earlier, so I think it must have been. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of your excuses. <laughs> so it, it's just a, a way of whatever, just a way of a simple thing. I don't know why that shows up. Um, any any number of things could show up, and I just tend to go with what shows up, so I don't think up stuff. Is there, I could have said, mm -hmm, go ahead. Is there lucky charms that cover up the emptiness? Yes. How do they do that? Grasping at anything. Grasping at Cheerios, or at the success of this, or the, the failure of this. Anytime you say success, failure, anytime you use anything to buy into anything even though it's relatively has a lot of a lot of uh, um, qualities that look like well this is fundamentally true this is what is happening you follow me do you follow me a little bit if you do paraphrase what I said so we're looking for something to solidify the suspicion that there's something else something going on so we Lucky Charms, or Cheerios, or Cornflakes, or just a simple, nothing fancy about the Lucky Charms situation. Yogodo. When you talk about empty of other, you talk about uh, mostly beings, people, animals. Is it easier to see that in beings than in things? Than in things? Yes. <coughs> Perhaps, <clears throat> but it's it's things and people, and but everything is arising in consciousness. But we separate it out so we can give it some kind of <clears throat> excuse me gradation, so we can decide how to relate to it. This is important. That's not, and it's not that one thing might not be more important than something over here. But it needs to arise situationally, not with your commentary, your opinions, your judgments about it. You step in and you decide. If you're deciding anything, this is the very nature of delusion. Everything is choiceless. See it. See it yourself. This doesn't mean that you don't look at something and evaluate something and go this direction rather than, rather than that direction. But, is, but that is dependently arisen. There's no one making a choice there. It's an amazing discovery that you're that you can all make if you work at it, spend some time looking at what arises without picking and choosing, picking and choosing, picking and choosing. If you're picking and choosing, you're just, you're just strengthening the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the narcissistic mind, the mind that is full of him or her or, their, or, or themselves. <clears throat> Don't do it. Train yourself by facing the wall and watch the discontinuity of the mind stream. Don't fix it, don't cover it up, and don't shove it away. More? Are there any signs that you might see empty of other? Somewhat. Want me to give you one? <laughs> a donut turns into a squirrel. 
I see your head go like that. Actually, it went this way. So it's a silly example, but it's, it's probably much closer than some kind of logical, reasonable explanation of everything. This is why the, in ancient times, as the Chan and Zen teachers used uh, puzzles or mondo or stories about that didn't make much sense. Yeah. Or uh, koans in order to trip up your logical mind that is pr progressing towards understanding something relatively and help you see something ultimately. If you see something ultimately, <clears throat> you don't see anything else. Sometimes it's referred to as a mirror. You see yourself, not this physical form, but your true self in everything, empty of other than the other. That's an illusion that if you believe it, if you chase it, if you're at war with it, it's a delusion. You're deluded by what this is. Whereas if you see what it is, simply put, it's unreal. It's unreal. And it's vividly, as Trunk Rinpoche says in the Sadhana Mahamudra, vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there is still form. Vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still form. There's still people. There's still dogs. Excuse me, cats. There's still illness. There's still sickness, aging, and death. What the Buddha saw when he left his temple, he saw sickness. He saw someone who was very sick. He saw aging. He saw a very, very old person and death. He saw a corpse. And the third thing, or the fourth thing that he said that he saw, sometimes it's called the four marks of existence, was a, was a mendicant or a sannyasin or a what is it, paravrajika, someone who is searching for the truth. Usually, they, even in ancient times, they showed up in robes. They shaved their head, even then, just to show that they're a little bit looking for something different. Set them aside. They call them leavers of home. <clears throat> Chisho. Chisho, I mean, if one is seen through self, to whom does the delusion of the other occur? Uh, to to the, the one who thinks they've seen through it. Because it's incomplete. It's it's a partial, it's a and, and it, it can go in any different any any of any one of various directions. There can be a really intense seeing that there's no self, but if one is still hooked on other then that might show up. Uh, might show up as what we should uh, do for them, or we, it might show up as very, very um, a compassionate kind of situation that people need help, the poor beings. So the the bodhisattva who has the enlightening being, then the being on being on the path who is seen through self, first bumi, pramudita, and the one who is going along slowly starts to see that there isn't anything else. And I would, I would say it this way, you don't really have to go through those boomies. You may or you may not. I don't really teach boomies, although I've studied them somewhat. And so there's still the feeling that you're awake and other people aren't and you have to help them or you have to 
go to the top of the mountain and ignore them because the whole world is crazy, but you're going to live in enlightenment on the mountaintop, uh, sometimes called uh, um, a, um, what's that called? Come on, you guys. Help me. It's about Pratyeka Buddha. Pratyeka Buddha. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> the Pratyeka Buddha is a self-styled Buddha who, ha who really has accomplished something. They have, have really seen through the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, seen that that does not add up to a being or a self. They see that. But they think you haven't seen that. And you probably haven't. It's quite entertaining. So there was a question there from, see if I can find it. Um, okay, Bo, Bo bowing. What are grasping and attachment? Are they pointing to different behaviors? Um, grasping is just passion, passion and, uh, and attachment is, is grasping and clinging. So it's, they're very similar. One actually grasps, and may, the grasping may release fairly fast. If someone is on the path, may still continue to grasp, but their the tendency to fixate on it or attach to it is less. So therefore, I say, uh, don't let go. I say, watch the attachment, so you say you see completely what that is. And if you're grasping, just watch the grasping. You don't have to stop grasping. I'm not trying to polish you into some kind of magical uh, being. You, you get to actually do this yourself with the negativity. So just observe the grasping and, and uh, observe the attachment. When this hand closes down on something, that's attachment. Or another word for it is fixation. So they're, they're similar. They're operating in different, different ways. Uh, There's another one here. See if I can get it. Okay. John Poole is bow John Bowing. How do we reject otherness in people special to us, like a wife? Do you have a wife? <laughs> All right. So how do we reject otherness? <clears throat> we think that we conclude that what is happening with them in their mind is somehow wrong or needs to be corrected uh, when uh, or something in, in them, something in them is amiss. And so we feel like we need to show them what that is. So and what I would say from the point of view of someone who has deep understanding of self and other, uh, they will encourage that person to look at what is happening so that they can do it themselves rather than rather than um, think that they're wrong. Much more challenging to look at the negativity and to encourage someone to look at their negativity rather than blame them or tell them that, well, you shouldn't be doing like the, doing that. That doesn't make sense. So lecture the other person because you're so enlightened. Did I get close to what you're looking for? Yeah. So John asked me another question and fine tune it a little bit more. That's how we reject it. I've been bowing. Mm -hmm. Yes. How how do we I um 
identify with uh, the, for instance, the loss of a loved one, we um, you tell us to um, or suggest that we are to feel the feelings. How does that um, not reinforce the um, the sense of of otherness? It might. This is not about a success story. You are not going to win. It is about the truth. So it may reinforce it, but your awareness of what is happening is probably a lot sharper in that area than it would be if you're trying to control things and get certain outcomes or act a certain way or be a certain kind of person. It needs to be seen. That's just like uh, in, in uh, uh, relating to any, anyone, whether it's a wife or whether it's a coworker or whether it's don't fix anyone. Don't correct anyone. That doesn't mean if they're getting ready to do something where it's going to hurt them that you wouldn't say something about it. Of course you would say that. You would say something there. It's situational. It's very, very situational. And if you have begun to realize this and are working on realizing the emptiness of other, then there's less likelihood of you meddling in anybody's life because you've stopped meddling in your own life. When I mean meddling, trying to fix yourself, trying to get better, trying to improve. Go ahead, Chisho. Chishwain, uh, continuing from my previous question, is there an identity then that sees through the delusion or yeah of other as well? So an identity remains after even you see through the other? Bob? Identity may re remain, but it's unreal. You, you can actually see... Yeah, it's like sometimes I refer, uh, I refer to the, <clears throat> the ego over here, my own personal experience of ego is like a clown on the roof. I'm making, not making any claims. I'm just saying that that aspect of my mind that still operates as a self-centeredness operating out of hope and fear uh, has a bright red nose and lives on the roof of my house and occasionally comes because of situations that is not gone. It's not been gotten rid of. But situation will bring that clown into my life, right into this mind, and I'll see that I'm operating out of self-centeredness. It doesn't last very long. Clowns are not particularly convincing. It's that kind of a, it's unreal. It's a clown. It's invented. But, and if you, if you fight with it, it suddenly loses its, is its appearance as something that's unreal and starts to become real. Don't fight with anything. No more war. So, more? Chisho? Chisho Boeing, yeah. Uh, so the, uh, uh, the identity that sees through self and other, is it still restricted to this body-mind complex? Boeing? Not particularly. It's not restrict restricted by anything because it no longer belongs to this body or anybody. Consciousness is, is, does not, no one owns consciousness. It's all over the place. It shows up in everything, in every being. So the restriction is gone. You may do something. You may become a teacher. You may not. You may just take naps. And so the consciousness that sees 
through this is not a self. It's it, consciousness. It, consciousness only sees this, sees that the object is, that is being seen and the, the subject that was there is gone. And there's just consciousness. Even the object, because it's empty of other, has collapsed. It doesn't mean it's still it's not still there. Of course it is. If you go too far with it and get too idealistic about we're all one and everyone's empty and, and, and nothing matters and, and that, then if you're around someone who sees what this is, they're likely to knock you in the head. Because they're not limited by anything. And they see dependent origination in its... In, in totality, the totality of it. And they're not separate from it. So someone who is who is uh, clear or awakened or realized functions just like dependent origination does. There's no self in the skandhas. There's no, there's no self in the leaves that fall from the tree or in the clouds that float through the sky. No one's there. Consciousness is everywhere. And is nowhere. It's also not two, not two, not three, not four, not, 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 not. That's why we use negation to even teach this. John Poole, are you ready to reframe your question? Nope. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Whenever you can do it, let me know. Question from Navid. Navid. Are we many beings of the same thing, or are we all just one thing? Um, Neither one. Both of those miss the point. Many, but 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 they they make sense. If I were to say either one, you'd say, ah, okay, we're all one, or yeah, we're many be beings. But that it doesn't. You can't describe this. That's why it's so incredibly mysterious. You can't describe it. If you describe it, this is what description of anything looks like. It's not that you can't say this is a, a brown stick with a curve on one end. Of course you can. But what is it actually? The description is one thing. In its actuality, I can tell you what it is. I can tell you in a couple of words, but you have to do the work there to see it. Otherwise, you'll continue to divide and say this is right and this is wrong. This is not separate from anything. It's not separate from the worst murderer who's ever lived. And it's not separate from the greatest saint who's ever lived. I'm happy to respond to your questions. Kenzan. What does it feel like to utterly fail on this path? How does it feel to you? You're failing. Uh, how does it feel to succeed on the path? Same thing. Success, failure, not to, not to, not to. The ego mind comes in and looks for results, wants to tabulate, wants to add things up, see how you're doing. See, how are we doing on the path? Are we more, are we more peaceful? Are we more kind? It's not that coming to conclusions aren't helpful to see that we're doing better. We're doing we're le or we're less likely to blame our partner or our situation or our community or our uh, coworkers for what's going on. 
what's going wrong, even though we see that they might be the cause of it, we're, we're more likely to give them the benefit of that out because we've worked with our own negativity. We've seen how difficult it is to work with our own mind. So when we meet somebody who has no mind training at all, we're, we're likely to give them a little bit of space. We might even be go so far as to see that the reason they're giving us a hard time is because they're suffering so much and this is the way they cover it up, is by accusing someone else. Rather than saying, rather than accusing us, rather than saying, I see this uh, situation, there's a misunderstanding here. How can we, what can we do to work that out? Some kind of communication, cooperation, collaboration that comes out of just basic sanity. Nobody's going to win, nobody's going to lose. But some people demand to win. They've got to be right. It doesn't mean that there'll be a show-off. Some people are very, very clever about that and know that it looks better to, it goes off over much better if you look humble or if you looked meek. But still, in the dark, you're still pounding your fist because you want to be right. Ego. Kenzan. Kenzan, is there a difference between failure on the path that may be pointing toward um, a deepening understanding? Is there a difference between that sort of failure and a failure that's just a reinforcement of old patterns of failure? Like, I'm a failure. Oh. So it's difficult for me to go into that and answer it in the way you're presenting it. But let's go back to the beginning about failure. There's really no failure. If you're on the path, just just continue to return to the examples, the examples that have been set out since ancient times, the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, or the awakened truth, the Buddha Dharma, and the community, people that come together, as we're doing here, as we do several times a week, come together and study this material together, present our questions to the teaching person, and and try to work with our mind in a direct way. Success and failure are, it's not that they aren't talked about, and some of the, some of the uh, teachings talk about success on the path, uh, but it's not just a relative situation that's happening there. It's a fundamental success where there's no more grasping, no more, no more relative success. There's just the grasping has gone away, and the aggression has, has stopped uh, animating one's activity. And the ignorance, the ignoring act, act the, the uh, ignorance and uh, prejudice part of the mind has stopped closing down on what is a, uh, appearing, and one begins to operate in consciousness only. And so therefore, anything one does is in tune with anything that's arising around them. If nothing is arising, they don't do anything. But if something is arising, then they relate to that in a genuine way, which is very direct, without warfare. This, doesn't, this means that if the warfare comes at you, you aren't necessarily going to come back and go to war with that person. And of course, we can come up with all kinds of stories. Well, what would you do if this happened? What would you do? Well, what if somebody stole your, your son? Or well, You can go on and on and present all kinds of difficulties and then, and then put that in front of the, the awakened person and see how they handle it. And they would handle it if they're awake, if they're clear. They would handle it in the dependent origination that was showing up there. All equalities, nothing would be missed, including the the mind of the person who was committing such a uh, painful thing. 
few questions from school stream. I'll take a couple. And then I've got several here too. Go ahead. Can I drink alcohol in small amounts? Will this be detrimental? Perhaps a good test of awareness within dependent origination? You know, I can't really speculate on that. It would be silly of me to try to do that or set up a standard for it. Um, you're already saying it, you know, some alcohol is probably okay, but alcohol is uh, a drug. And so drugs, the coffee is a drug. So drugs are different. Some drugs are very, very problematic. Some people might say uh, a lysergic acid diethylamide 25 is bad. And other people are say, oh, that's great. That shows you the nature of reality. Someone else would say, uh, have that up and down position about ayahuasca or psilocybin or, or cocaine for that matter, just all, or cigarettes. I mean, there's just so many different ways of doing that. So coming back to your situation, I would trust you. I, I would say in, our, in the monastery, uh, we don't allow alcohol in the monastery proper, the grounds of the monastery, what we call a campus. Uh, but if you're living three or four blocks away in another building, uh, I would recommend that you don't, but if you need to do that once in a while, and, and, and you, I guess you could. Uh, but you, you should look, on, look at it, how you're using that, if there's any kind of demand there. Another question? From Spoolstring again. I think other people's lack of awareness irritates me. Initially, even if I understand they are suffering, does this point toward a fundamental flaw in me? There's no flaw. Just sit a lot. I, I don't really know you personally. I don't think I've ever even seen you. Uh, if you ever have the wherewithal, you should appear on screen because if I can watch you talk, I can tell a lot about you. Not just your age, but a whole lot about how you express yourself. How do I do that? I have no idea. But that would be, if you want me to respond to those kinds of questions, come on, let me see your face and let me see you talk and ask, ask the question. There, I've got one question down here uh, in the chat box, and I'll respond to that, and then she show, then I'll come to your question. It's uh, Bo again. Um, and John Poole uh, says, uh, when, I, when I less ignorant, I'm not sure what you meant to say by that. It doesn't make too much sense to me, uh, John. But I, when I less ignorant... Um, so you can rewrite that if you want, and I'll try to address that if you want to. A bow bowing is a rising of all thought or concept, a form of grasping, or only a rising of egoic thought, or is grasping the focusing on a thought and not the arising. You know, you got too many oars in that boat. So just ask me a straight question, and when you do either or, I mean, you might as well just figure it out yourself. You're already thinking so much about it. I can't do an either or. I mean, I can, but how is that going to be helpful to you? Just to pick one of the things that you said? You could do that. Arising, uh, is arising of all thought a concept? Let's stop right there. Yes. Chisho, you have a question? And by the way, Bo, I appreciate your question. So it's not, I'm just trying to help you fundamentally rather than uh, ignore your question. Chisho. Chisho, I am. 
is the uh, aspect of consciousness that sees through self and sees through other the same as what uh, receives in Shikantaza? Yes, that, that consciousness can do anything. It can receive, it can produce, but it doesn't see much difference in that because it is, it is functioning with dependent origination. It's, it's functioning with this happens and that happens, this pushed on that, this pushed on that, that fell over, this stood back up. Things are just coming and going, coming and going. And that consciousness uh, is, is not particularly making choices. It might see the contrast between things and it also might stop something or reach out to something and protect something that is going to be harmed, but there won't be a story around it particularly. So it's just consciousness only. There's no personhood there. And yes, eventually that's why the training to be with all things or receive, 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 eventually that that area starts to, uh, not that the ego goes away, but, we, but we, we're kind of changing our allegiance from that part of the mind that is where consciousness is wrapped up in itself and is narcissistic and protective and paranoid. And the Yogacara tradition is called the seventh consciousness. You can look that up or study it. It's quite helpful. But when that when one is liberated, there, there, as far as I know, there is no seventh consciousness. And if it shows up, it doesn't last long. It might show up just some kind of karma may still be, uh, you know, um, be nipping at your heels somewhere, possibly. But it won't last. Yes. I notice that if I'm in pain, I tend to suck up into that and ignore everyone else. And sometimes it seems like the only thing that um, maybe pulls me out of that is if somebody asks for help and then I see how self-absorbed I was. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if I need to, or if I should, um, when I'm in pain and I am being really self-absorbed, if I should intentionally try to flip that around. No. no. You're already quite aware of what's happening. That awareness will continue. As long as you continue to practice, that awareness of your, shall we call it self-deception, or, or exclusionary feelings about yourself, Pulling yourself away, that you're, it's the awareness of that, not the success story of stopping doing that. That will fall away of its own. It's called renunciation. There's no, no renunciator anywhere. That kind of, the kind of renunciation where you renounce something, that's a different path. Not particularly wrong, just not this one. Yeah. When you talk about seeing through other, it feels like it could feel like you're going insane. Might it feel that way? Sure. No. That's why we need uh, this path is can be very, very difficult, depending on what the what karma brought you here. So yes, it could feel like that. We could that's one of the ways that the ego protects itself. Oh, you can't be doing this, you're gonna go crazy. Yes, it could be, feel like you're going crazy. And e sometimes even the teacher, he, she, they, because of the way in which they 
our teaching is not in line with social mores or conventions or standards. Sometimes they, in order to s save all beings or serve others fundamentally, they may, what, break the law or go outside of the dynamic. I'm not saying they have a right to do anything. Might have to lock them up. I don't know. Sometimes the, in the Tibetan tradition, it's uh, called uh, crazy wisdom. And it's uh, taught that way. But that, that, that could show up in any tradition. Because wisdom doesn't really look for standards. Or I would say go crazy. Don't, don't fight that. Allow that. But make sure you return to the cushion. Return to the teaching. Return to the teacher. Return to the to the community. You're in a in this situation. It's not that everybody in here is completely sane. Of course not. But the intention here is to awaken, to see what this is ourselves, with the support of a community that is endeavoring to do that, and with the support of uh, the Dharma, which is not just me talking. We study what I don't know how many different texts. Can somebody give me a a number of how many different texts we're studying right now, not how many classes, because I know there's 11, but how many texts are we studying that are things that I didn't necessarily say? Five? At least. At least five. Which are like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I might have known you would know, <laughs> Tisho. So the seven different, uh, can you list them? Tisho so we study the uh, essentials, essentials of Chogyam Trungpa, Monday. Monday evening, we have started Diamond Sutra. Tuesday morning, Path is the Goal. Tuesday evening, Cutting Through. Wednesday, Shobo Genzo. Friday, Your Book. And Sunday, 30 Verses. Bye. And the Majima Nikaya on Saturday. Yeah, uh, occasional Saturdays, yes. That makes it eight, yeah. Bye. Good, I was, I was happy to be able to correct you. Actually, I didn't, but <laughs> Unyo did. She passed it to me and I functioned. <laughs> so, yes, and we have studied even, there's all kinds of texts that we've been through. Uh, some texts we've been through more than once or twice. So, we're studying the traditional Dharma and we're studying... Uh, how this this person interprets that and interprets the path, and also Trungpa Rinpoche and Kovacita Roshi and other. Was there any other living teachers we're studying? Not that we're not right now. Yes. Question from Jesse Boardman. Okay, Jesse. Do you have any particular advice for observing despair when it feels all-consuming? So the basic advice I would give you is do a lot of sitting meditation. Uh, despair is very, um, be very difficult to work with that. But a lot of sitting and the despair will probably arise right in the sitting practice of meditation. Do a lot of that. Do a lot of that. And the main thing I would say is don't push it away. Don't blame anyone for it, including yourself. Don't do anything with it, but observe it. If you observe it, and you have a, there's a minimum of passion, aggression, and ignorance arising there, it will start to come apart because anything that shows up is perpetuated or fueled by grasping, rejecting, or ignoring. If those three are not, uh, not 
validated somehow. It's okay to push, or I should just push this away, or I should take some drugs, or any number of things. I would say don't do anything with it other than look at it. Jacob. Jake Bowing. Um, is it possible to see another person's confusion if I don't always see my own Bowing? That could happen. That would depend on the chemistry there with you and the other person. But especially if you're especially if you're working on working on seeing your own difficulty and seeing your own uh, self deception, so it could could you might not be it might not be very consistent, but there could be glimpses of that. It would depend on the dynamic. If it was your partner, uh, or if it was uh, someone in your work environment, or uh, a sangha member, something like that. There's so many variables there. I think anything is possible. Uh, Jake Bowing, um, <clears throat> I had a follow-up question to that. How do how do I know the confusion I see in others if it's just how do I know the confusion I see in others isn't just my own projections, Bowing? Mm. It's always your projection. Yeah. Might have to contemplate that a little bit. Everything you see is a projection. To take a final question or two, if there, there is one, especially in here. Sokodan. Sokodan Valley, when you talk about seeing through um, self, and you might not have seen through other, it feels like there's a progression there. Might it show up in a progressive way? Um, what, what's the progression? Um, beginning to see through self and not yet seeing through other. And sure. Beginning, um, Any number of things could show up that way. So look out for the conclusion part. When it starts to, when that fist starts to conclude something, something you've accomplished or seen, uh, that's more ego. There will be no conclusion. There will be no, if you awaken, you actually awaken, there will be no proof. It, it, there's, it's not even, as I said earlier today, it's not even an experience. Path leading up to that is going to have all kinds of interesting Kensho practices or experience practices, or experiences, I should say. Here, and you suddenly realize you're all one and everything is, there's, because everything is dependently risen, that can be, I mean, it just goes on and on. It's nauseating how much the ego will feed off from that kind of baloney. That's why it's necessary to have a teacher that can meet you where you're at and reflect back to you who you are. That, that, and that has to be uh, a, an actual reflection, because if you think it's other than a reflection, um, <laughs> You'll fight. You'll think that what is happening, what the teacher is doing, is actually attacking you or being friendly with you. Yes, you hung. Is awareness 
as same as wisdom, Bobby? Well, you know, these are these are concepts. They kind of float around different places. The awareness is uh, is the seeing, is, uh, receiving something. There's awareness. That's more more like the practice. And then the wisdom uh, is is when it doesn't, it no longer sees objects as objects. The awareness sees the objects move. This comes, that goes. I feel good. I feel bad. Clouds are going by. Dogs are barking. I'm still worried about my job. That's that's uh, awareness. Wisdom is uh, just sees wisdom. It doesn't see the itemization that ego does. It just sees wisdom. But if it's if that wisdom uh, and consciousness in a person or in a teacher is responding to people, then that that teacher will respond with whatever items you're grasping, rejecting, or ignoring, because they see that. But if there's no questions, then there won't be any teaching. Yu Hongbaoying, so you are saying that when when I'm aware of, for example, the location or the tone that I speak or other people, that's not that's different from wisdom, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. That's that's awareness. Then that's what you're. What I'm encouraging you to practice is be aware. Sit down. Hold still. Hold everything still that you can without being rigid, and then watch the mind come and go and come and go until you eventually realize what is observing that and what is being observed. Subject, object, simply put, look different. They look, they, they're, and you would even, if you discuss it with someone, you would even agree that they are different. The subject can't be the object, that's impossible. <laughs> But they're not, they're not separate. They're also not the same. Difficult. Yu Hongbaoying, when you mentioned today the, the three pains, the third one, for example, if I'm able to relate to the person to, to uh, not to see through, just, uh, you know, not take it personally at the same time to see the person's pain, is that, that awareness, that wisdom, or is no? I think it's, a, you know, there's a the beginning of that. We tend to get flashes of that the more we work on this path. But until until this, uh, you know, I don't want to be too rigid with it because it can show up so many different ways. But until until there's an understanding of who you are and who you aren't, uh, then it's going to be very difficult to see who other people are and who they aren't. It's going to take a while. So I don't, I don't really want to comment on on what you're saying from the point of view of saying, is this wisdom or not wisdom? Sorting things out uh, doesn't work so well. I would just say, just keep going. Uh, you're, you're going to see flashes of, you're going to see deeper into other people's suffering as you go along, even before you've uh, attained realization. Takes a while. Thank you, Pauline. Thank you for the question. Another question from Navid. Navid. If I get upset with someone because of the inherent badness that they've done, am I still blaming them? Well, you could be, but it, we don't want to um, ignore someone who's doing <laughs> bad things, evil things, or destructive things, or harmful things. We don't want to, but it's it's what is being talked about here is it seems to be necessary in order to 
work with that uh, situation, it's necessary to acknowledge that the, that the causes and conditions that are behind all of their negativity are basically not seen, they're ignored. And sometimes you can't even see them. They are not happening in this time or this place. They might have happened uh, in, you know, when they were seven, eight years old, and they might have happened in, a, in another century, in, a, in what's commonly called another, another lifetime. Whether it's another lifetime or not, I don't know. I just know that consciousness, when this body-mind goes, consciousness has no allegiance to anything. So anything can happen and appear as another lifetime. So it's it's an un, it's it is unending. You cannot find the first cause to anything. If you find it, it's well. I'll say it bluntly. It's wrong. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't conclude anything. This is a conclusion. It's the same thing as ignorance or grasping or fixation. You don't need to do that. You can live in a, an open dimension. It's not that that doesn't mean you can't play softball. That if I did that, I would have missed it. Right on by me. Do we have any other questions, or should we close the the casino? Okay, we can close. Thank you so much for attending and and for your questions. They're really great. I, I feel better, and uh, I don't know how I'll feel in ten minutes. You may have to come back and help me. Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help.